Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. Obviously we have done wall-to-wall coverage of Israel-Palestine since the Al-Aska flood uh, Hamas attacks which we widely condemn uh, and we will continue to do as much coverage as we can but we have maintained a lot of our other output. There's a brand new shrapnel out there this week with Emma Shaw. There's a brand new Reboot Republic out there with economist Grace Blakely. There's also a conversation we had ourselves on the Echo Chamber with Hazel Chu of the Green Party. And there's a great podcast with Sinn Féin's health spokesperson, David Cullinan. All of those are available right now in the Patreon feed. So if you're a member, you don't need to listen to this. You can get your own consolidated feed with all of the podcasts that we're putting out, even while we're covering Israel-Palestine. It's Patreon dot com forward slash tortoise if you're not a member click the link join us it's the only way we keep this show on the road yes the podcast is free but i love to think it has a value in fact i believe it has a value there's thousands of people listening and we need a few of you just to put your hands in your pocket and pay it forward we have no ads we have no sponsors we you're not going to hear me plugging initiatives by the government of ireland or any of that nonsense that you'll hear on the go loud and acast network we don't do that Right, We just won't because the simple fact is it wouldn't be the tortoise shack if we started to take in corporate interests. And for better or worse, that is the hill I will die on. So we're 100% reliant on you to keep the show on the road. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. I'm shutting up now. Please listen to AFAF. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and folks, we are back covering Israel-Palestine uh, this is a conversation I managed to get with uh, Afaf Al-Najir. You'll know her. She is the 21-year-old English literature student uh, who talked so passionately about uh, her experiences of the last few days of what has been happening in Gaza and how she's had to flee with her family. Afaf uh, texted me after she managed to charge her phone and we managed to record this via WhatsApp. So the audio can be a little bit bumpy, but I think you really want to hear what she has to say. We discuss, obviously, the bombing at Al-Hilal Baptist Hospital. We discuss the food, water situation and the need for humanitarian aid. But Afaf really stresses that there's no point giving them food and water if you're going to continue to drop bombs on the people in Gaza. So... I think that was one of the main takeaways I had from that. Other, apart from the fact that she's as resilient as as uh, as ever and much stronger than I could ever be. I want to say thank you to everybody for all the feedback, for people who are sharing the podcasts, listening and recommending us to other people. It, it is great to have so many new listeners. I just wish it was under better circumstances. But I will continue to try and bring you voices from on the ground in Gaza at every opportunity I get. And I hate to rattle a bucket, but I have to. If you're listening and if you're getting something out of this, please give something back. It's really easy. Just join us on patreon.com forward slash tortoise It's a price of a fancy cup of coffee to you once a month. But to this little little platform that we've built here, it literally pays the bills, keeps the lights on and puts us in a position to carve out that space to have the conversations with people like Afaf that you're not hearing in many of our mainstream sources. But without further ado, here's the conversation I had a few minutes ago with Afaf Al-Najir. I'm delighted to be joined back on the line for the first time in a few days by Afaf Al-Najir. Afaf, uh, it's been a tumultuous few days. There's been absolute carnage and scenes that we wish never to have seen. Uh, Can I ask you, first of all, how are you and how is your family holding up? 
honestly, Tony, I, I can't say anything but the fact that we are extremely devastated. Uh, the kids are extremely terrified, not only the kids anymore. We, we the grown-ups, are extremely terrified and, and worried all the time. We barely get any sleep. Um, the situation is only getting worse. There is no uh, running water. There is no electricity. There is no internet or reception. We barely get internet every day for about a few hours. Uh, but but yes, we are we are extremely devastated and we are definitely not safe. Um, yeah, just before we came on air, there was another uh, airstrike pretty yes. close to you. And uh, if you could just even ex- explain to listeners what that situation was like, even as before we just came on air. Uh, so here's the thing. We were just sitting and, and kind of like uh, talking about the situation and, and what could potentially happen or if we need to evacuate the house again. Uh, when when we heard another airstrike that is extremely close to the point where my ears were actually, uh, m- you know, making making ringing sounds, uh, the whole house shook and uh, the the whole area was filled with uh, with smoke and and gunpowder uh, from the attack. Uh, so it it was extremely terrifying. Um, th- the whole place is like filled with. Uh, um, you know, black dust from uh, the attack as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is this is a little bit about how how it was and what happened. My my brother was sitting outside with my cousins, and he came running uh, the moment it happened as well. Yeah, and 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 you're obviously this is very traumatic for your for your younger siblings. Everybody is really struggling, and I can still hear. I'm guessing in the background the sound of the drones is just constant. Yes. 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 Yeah, I can, I can, I can still, I can hear them every time I, I manage to make any connections with people in Gaza. Uh, you mentioned the the situation in terms of lack of electricity and, and lack of water. What is the yes. food situation like at the moment? Are you able to get food and 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 you know, like even if you have money to buy it, is there any left to to be bought? Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Um, the Gaza Strip is home to 2.2 million people. So obviously, in a way or another, we do have resources like local resources that we still uh, have. However, we don't have access to them um, because even the area where there are like uh, grocery shops and and uh, other places to buy, uh, you know, groceries and food from uh, the areas are being bombed. It's very dangerous for, for us to send anyone to buy things uh, for the house. Um, and obviously there is no delivery because no one is willing to, to go out in such circumstances. And even mm. the owners of, of the grocery shops uh, are closing their grocery shops. Uh, the shop that was uh, that is near my house, that, like right next to my house, uh, is now completely empty. There is nothing left in the shop anymore for us to buy. Um, and I assume that all the shops in the Gaza Strip are going to be exactly the same in, in a few days. Yeah, there there was talk that you know that there would have been resources of maybe one month of 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 food in the Gaza Strip, but that doesn't account for the amount of food that's been lost in the yes. bombing. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, um, and can I ask on the water situation because I'm hearing uh, reports of people having to boil d- dirty water and it's still yes. making people sick. What is the situation in, for you, your, your, you and your family currently? So I, I would say that my family is is um, um, 
how can I say it is a bit more fortunate uh, because mm. we do have, um, you know, water clearing system in the house, like filtration mm. system in the house. Um, but once the, the water doesn't arrive to the house anymore, so like the, the water, we don't get water from, uh, you know, um, the the, yeah, the the water the, source the, yes uh then we wouldn't have anything this is for drinking water uh we mm. also tried to buy um you know some bottles of water uh from the shop that is nearby but now they don't have any more as for the running water we don't have any we haven't had any since friday we briefly got it before yesterday um but it was only there for for about half a day or something and uh, on the, you know, just on the last few days, yeah. the, the awful, awful um, bombing of the of the hospital. What is yes. the feeling on the ground in Gaza in relation to that? Because there's been a, you know, you see this, and then President Biden arri- arrives, and he oh. says that it looks like it was to Netanyahu that it was wasn't it was the other team. So he's he has said, and it seems to be accepted by much of the world now that this was carried out by. Um, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Uh, what is yeah. the feeling within Gaza t- t- in relation to this awful, awful barbaric act? So um, I'm not sure if you've seen any videos of, of doctors who, who made it out of uh, uh, of the hospital and doctors who received the bodies of the people who were injured and killed in, in the bombing. Uh, even doctors who were sh- supposed to be very steadfast uh, were breaking down and crying. Uh, and they said they said that we had to pick the bodies of people piece by piece uh, from around the hospital because uh, the the airstrike had happened exactly in the middle of uh, the people who were seeking shelter in in the hospital. And here's the thing about the Israeli propaganda. Yeah. Uh, at first, they they all posted and they all spoke about how they have attacked a Hamas group or a Hamas people who were staying in the hospital. And they were so proud of the attack that they carried out. Right. Then they mm-hmm. saw what the world is reacting to that. So they decided to delete it. And then they posted again. They were like, maybe Hamas misfired or Hamas did it on purpose to get international uh you know, support. And then they saw that didn't this also didn't make sense to people. So they deleted that and they went on to say, oh, it's Al-Jihad. And they posted the recording of, of two people, two uh, uh, Hamas resistant fighters uh, speaking to each other on the phone saying, oh, it looks like it's, it's Al-Jihad. First of all, the accent in the video is is stupidly mm-hmm. fake. Second of all, they were investigators, U.S. investigators who said that this uh, tape that was posted is fake. So mm-hmm. what Israel is doing right now, we all know that Israel is, is the, the one who attacked the, the hospital. They had called the hospital an hour uh, earlier. They have already threatened two, 22 hospitals that they needed to evacuate because they're going to get bombed. So it's, it's not about who anymore. It, we know it's, it's Israel. But what they're trying to do right now, Tony, is they are trying to use their propaganda to shift people's focus from the hospital was bombed to who bombed the hospital. You understand me? Mm. So I they're do, trying. I do, but yeah, but 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 Afaf, it, it's we've now. But because ultimately there's somewhere up, up to nearly 500 people dead, and that's be, and that's in one incident, and we now know that the the, the death toll in Gaza is over 3,000, is yes. estimated, and there's more people. 
trapped under rubble who we don't who aren't yet accounted for so it's you yes. know it's it's a huge massive loss of life and and a huge humanitarian crisis there was just on when you said you can't go out uh, i'm hearing awful reports of people and and actually you said it to me in a message that you sent me that the that the floors are covered in this dust i'm also yes. hearing reports of the the that you can't get to the bodies in time because unfortunately so unfortunately there's also the smell of death in the air it's it, it can you give me a, a feel because i know you've had to go out to get a few things um yes yourself what is it like out on the streets and how how do you feel like when you're taking those risks ultimately uh honestly every time i leave the house every time i had left the house to to do anything whether it is to get something or to talk to someone or to go see someone uh i always say goodbye to my family because i know that if i don't die while i'm uh, while i'm outside I could potentially come back home and and not find it. So every single time that I leave the house, I have to say my goodbyes. I have to, you know, hug my mother and and just bid her farewell. Um, And obviously, while on the street trying to get anything, I'm constantly terrified because of anything that could potentially happen to me while I'm outside. Uh, And I'm, I'm, I'm like... When I walk, I mean, I walk extremely fast. When I return, I return extremely fast because I'm too scared that, you know, I'm escaping. I'm basically escaping death. So I have to be fast. Um, mm. I've heard my my friend is a doctor at uh, Shifa Hospital. And he told me, Afaf, we smell that we smell burnt meat. Mm-hmm. We smell burnt meat in the hospital because of the amount of injuries and the amount of deaths that arrive to the hospital. Uh, we smell gunpowder all the time because of the the amount of destruction and airstrikes that happen around the hospital. So the situation is extremely bad. Ashifa Hospital already uh, stated that they're shutting down because they don't have any more space uh, to to offer their services to more people. Um, I think uh, until now there were three or four hospitals that uh, that stated that they're shutting down because of uh, because of lack of resources and and lack of space. Uh, mm. So, so honestly, the situation is only getting worse, Tony, uh, in everything, you, in in all measures. Do you feel abandoned by the international community? Yes, very much, very, extremely abandoned. And here's the thing: I see the support of millions of people around the world. I see it, and I appreciate it, and it, it really gives me power sometimes. But these people are being stopped by their governments. This is the first thing. There are people who, who have gone on protests, uh, who have been, uh, you know, hit by the police, uh, who have been stopped. There are fines that are happening against people who speak about Palestine and go on protests. So protests. So this is the first thing. And then the second thing is, although these people, although, although the people themselves are speaking about Palestine and going on protests, the people who are in positions of power are not doing anything. On the contrary, they're doing everything in their hand to make sure that this genocide against Palestinians in Gaza continue. Uh, Joe Biden has stated that he's sending um, 
one one million a uh, hundred million sorry uh, mm-hmm. USD dollars to Gaza uh, as in humanitarian aid, but he also sent ten billion uh, USD dollars in military aid to to Israel, and he also voted against the ceasefire in Gaza. So I'm not sure if he thinks people around the world are stupid enough to kind of believe in his two two faces. Uh, I'm not sure if he thinks people around the world are stupid enough to to view him as a hero who's sending aid to to the Gaza Strip. I I honestly don't know. Um, But I think people around the world are smarter than to fall uh, to fall victims to this propaganda. The one thing that that people have said that perhaps perhaps behind the scenes he was he was less diplomatic and has asked for has made sure that Netanyahu knew that they did not support a ground invasion. Do you do you do you feel that like that that may be true that there he may actually there may not be a ground invasion now, but that that you know that the, there may have been uh, a call to to pause now and and at least stop the idea that they're going to come in on the ground. Uh, the only reason why they would stop the idea of coming into the ground, honestly, Tony, is because they're scared of what to, what they're going to face if they decide to come uh, to come on ground. Not because uh, they they care about the Palestinians in Gaza or because they care about their lives and everything. No, it's just because they're scared. They're cowards. They are a bunch a bunch of cowards. And although I don't want a ground invasion, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing anything to make the situation any better. There are thousands of people who are still dying. Thousands of people who died. And thousands of people who are under the rubbles. These people were killed by what they're doing. These people were killed by the airstrikes. Just because they're not coming to the Gaza Strip on land doesn't mean that this, they've stopped the, the genocide and the massacres they're doing. Uh, so, so honestly, this is my opinion. Yeah, and look, I, and and I obviously I can hear the emotion and the anger in your voice, and I think it's quite appropriate that you have that feeling right now. But can I ask you, um, on in terms of the humanitarian crisis, th- yeah. there's talk of you know aid starting to be delivered and and situations where we where they will see you know the perhaps um some opening of the Rafa border is is does that give you any hope or do you feel that that's just another tactic to move people displace people further no okay here's the thing if they open Rafah border it opens only to get aid inside of the Gaza strip that is if they open it no one's going to be allowed to to leave the Gaza strip it, and it's not like people want to leave the Gaza Strip to begin with. Just let's get that that thing clear. Uh, but I'm going to ask you a question, Tony. Is it worth it for me to wash my face with, with clean water and eat a bite and then be killed in five minutes? What's the point of aid if people are co- going to continue to die, if people are going to continue to be killed? There is no point of aid. In this first, in the massacres and the genocide, and then we can talk about aid and rehabilitation, humanitarian help. Um, but but there is no point of aid if the the war continue. They're going to send aid to to hospitals to to you know offer their services to the people who are injured now. Okay, what about the people who are going to be uh, injured while the war continues? What's the point? You know. Yeah. So I, I, in my I've opinion, had... the priority right now is to end what's happening first, and then we can think about aid. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. There's no point as, I mean, it, it seemed, you know, Ursula van der Leyen's message of, um, 
you know, solidarity and uh, unequivocal support for Israel while then saying, trying to row back and say, um, and then we'll treble our aid to uh, to Palestinians. It felt much like, it's like saying that I came along, knocked down your house, but sent you a voucher for a hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just, it, it, it defies logic. But in terms of um, the... The, we, when we were talking earlier on on trading messages, it was it was very clear that there's very you feel very little hope at the moment. Yes, and honestly. Can I can we maybe think talk about that for a minute because it's important that people get a sense of how powerful um, resistance uh, is just the the will to live despite everything that's happening. Um, how 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 do you feel about all of that at the moment? So here's the thing. The reason why we we I don't have any hope in, in this ending anytime soon is because, uh, for example, the IDF and, and Benjamin Netanyahu has still been saying, we want to defeat Hamas. We want to defeat blah, blah, blah. He, he, he wants victory. He wants victory against against uh, the Palestinian resistance. However, I'm not sure, Tony, if you know, Israel has one of the strongest and, and most intelligent uh, systems in the world, obviously supported by America. This mm-hmm. system makes them able to, to identify every single face in the entire Palestine. A, a, yeah. a, 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 an apartheid regime with this much um, you know, technology and, and, and high intelligence system are they really trying to target Hamas? Because so far, so far, 99% of the people who were killed in the attacks are civilians, innocent civilians. Uh, in my opinion, I don't see any hope in, in this ending because they, they are still considering it a war between two equal powers, between Hamas and, and Israel, considering they're considering that they are two equal powers. Uh, the world is still just saying, oh, we condemn blah, blah, blah. We call for a ceasefire. We're requesting a ceasefire. Uh, we, we, we ensure that we want a ceasefire. Who? Who are you condemning and who are you asking for a ceasefire? That, why are you asking for a ceasefire? Just so that in front of people you could say, oh, we've asked for a ceasefire. What's the point if, if nothing, if no actual steps are being taken into ending this, into calling for a ceasefire? What's the point, you know? I, I, so, I, I, so for us, it, it doesn't look like there is there is a ceasefire happening for us. It doesn't look like the, the war is going to end anytime soon. The attack is going to end anytime soon. And honestly, uh, after the last things that uh, STC uh, said, the prime minister of, of Egypt said, uh, we feel worse than before, more abandoned than before. Um, look, FF, I, I'm, I'm conscious that you're not um, your 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 access to internet is very limited, and and you've got to spend more try and maintain what little you have. So I won't delay you any further. I will um, I will ask you to try and stay in touch and believe that there are, as you said, millions of people who don't agree with this collective punishment of the Palestinian people, the collective punishment and the war crimes that are being carried out. It is clear that it is not um, that these are indiscriminate. Bond- means uh because if they were if they were actually being if it was just to eradicate eradicate hamas uh the 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 collateral damage that awful phrase would not be so high but this is so this is now well beyond anything else i will ask other people um listeners 
back on the streets of Dublin on sa- on Saturday, uh, assemble one o'clock at the Garden of Remembrance for a lift the boat blockade, lift the siege um, rally. We will all be out there in attendance and I hope to see lots and lots of people out there. Uh, thanks so much, Afa, for, for your time again. And I really appreciate you uh, fitting me in for, uh, to, for this quick conversation. Be careful, please. Thank you, Tony. And thanks to all of Ireland. That was Afaf Al-Najjar, and uh, she is a wonderful speaker. Uh, really, really can't understand why she's not all over airwaves in the uh, English-speaking world because she puts across the point of view of the Palestinian people so eloquently. I just think um, it's a loss to the wider media that we don't hear more voices like her. I hope other people will try and reach out. If you want to get in touch with Afaf, you can get me on social media. You can get me here on the Tortoise Shack. You can get me on the Echo Chamber and I will try to connect you if it's at all possible. While we were recording, or should I say just after we finished recording, um, another news, I had a little bit of an update. So just to give you the context, if you recall... Last Friday, uh, our regular contributor from Gaza, the young journalist Mahmoud Mustaha, uh, left me a heavy voice note where he said he hoped it would not be the last time that we'd, we'd ever speak. And then radio silence. I had not heard from Mahmoud since last Friday. I'd sent daily messages, probably too often, but they weren't going through. You know, when you're waiting on the old WhatsApps to turn blue or get the two ticks. I'd gotten in touch with people we had in common in, in Gaza. I'd gotten in touch with people in Europe who uh, who had gotten out and Mahmoud was familiar with to see if anybody had heard from him. And we hadn't. And I had feared the worst. But then while we were recording, I got a text message saying that he was okay and that thank you for continued support. And I meant the world. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's good news. There's hope. You always have to cling on to the hope, folks, because while this is really dark at the moment, we have to believe that... There's a better future ahead for everybody, whether they be Israelis, Jewish, Muslim, Palestinians, people in Gaza. We have to hope for better. Um, and, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more upbeat after getting that that message just from Mahmoud. So, so thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And we will talk to you all very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on page.